Welcome to A Hope Kingdom Ministry, where we give you food for thought. Our intention is to give you something more to think about. Today, beloved chosen few, we're discussing Paul's thorn. Now, we may have discussed this earlier in earlier podcasts, but I don't think I gave this message. I'm, I, I'm going to read um, a teaching that I gave years ago. I wrote it out and gave it years ago. Um, so, and it's on Paul's thorn. Okay, so first of all, let's start with prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for blessing us with another day. This is a gift, an unearned, unmerited gift that you've given us. I want to say thank you, Father. And Father, I pray that you use my mouth, use my mind and this teaching and these words to set the captives free, to teach your truth, not a tradition, not a superstition, and not any deceitfulness. I submit myself and this teaching, these words to you and the listeners in this podcast. I know I'm responsible for what I teach, preach, or say here. Father, and I pray, give them wisdom and the discernment to, for when they listen to me or any other minister. And then they bring it all before you. Because you gave us a teacher inside of us. Your set-apart spirit, where your word says we don't need a man to teach us because we have that spirit inside of us. Your spirit. So use us today, Father. Use me for your glory and for your to, for your honor, for your praise. And I pray all this in the name above all names. I believe it's Yah, and it is salvation. Your name, your Son's name, Yahusha, who is called Jesus, the only begotten Son of Yahuwah. Hallelujah. All right. Okay, beloved. Family, let's get Paul's thorn. I titled this part of my message as Paul's thorn because this is the very thing Christians use to try to prove that Yah, or you may say God, gave them their sickness or disease to teach them something or to punish them for something they've done. They say, I quote, God gave Paul a thorn in his side to keep him humble. First of all, this thorn came because of the abundance of revelation Paul had received. You can read that in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. Matter of fact, let's read. Let me go to that. Let's read that. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Yahushua Mashiach, written Christ, may rest upon me. 
Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Yahushua Mashiach, written Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. That was 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 7 through 10. Now, verse 7 says, It came lest Paul should be exalted. I mean, in other words, so that it was meant, so that Paul would not be exalted above measure, you know, greatly exalted. The thorn was a messenger of Satan. So Satan sent it, not Yah, or you to you, not God, not Yah. It is also believed that Paul's thorn in the flesh was his eyes that he was going blind. And they based this on the strength of Yahusha called Jesus, blinding him on the way to Damascus. Some say that Paul's storm was a rare ancient disease which caused him to have runny, puffy eyes. I don't know where they get that one from. But I was also taught to believe that it was his eyes, he had bad eyes, that he was going blind. Now, remember this. You know, um, first of all, I want to say that I believe that, that that lie came straight from the pit of hell, from Satan himself. Let me say that. I don't want to go on without saying that. Okay, now, they failed, I wrote here, they failed to remember, to recall, that Yah sent a disciple to heal Saul, who, who later became Paul. So what are they saying? That our Heavenly Father, his healings have an expiration date? <laughs> no. His healing does not have an expiration date. I mean, and they don't realize that that's what they're saying. This misinterpretation, this inaccurate explanation of Yah's word is not only causing people to live a sickly and powerless life, it's killing them. Yeah. We have embraced and accepted cancer, diabetes, lupus, multiple sclerosis, polio, blindness, etc. We've accepted all this as the work of our Heavenly Father and not the Prince of Darkness, not Satan. Beloved, our Heavenly Father, Yah, hates cancer more than you do, more than I do. He hates all other diseases too. Those diseases that prematurely take the lives of his children, preventing them from completing his will. Yah, your Heavenly Father wants you healthy. He wants you well. Believe that. He wants you well. This is the reason, one of the reasons he sent his son, Yahusha, he who most of you call Jesus. That's one of the reasons he sent him. A very important reason, too. Now, some translations say the thorn was given to Paul so that he would not become conceited 
arrogant or proud instead of exalted. But listen to this verse. Yah, written God, magnified, which means exalted, Joshua in the sight of his people. You can read that in Joshua 3, 7. Joshua chapter, verse, chapter 3, verse 7. He continued to do, and he continued to do that with his people. All the people that he used, all, all the way into the New Covenant, the New Testament. He continued to exalt them. Okay, let's read James 4.10. Humble yourselves in the sight of Yahuwah, written the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Now, in the Orthodox Jewish Bible, it reads this way. Be humbled for Hashem, Yahuwah should be, and he will exalt you. So they use the word exalt. King James Lift, lift you up. Now, First Peter five six, Peter five six, King James version says, "Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of Yah, written God, and He may exalt you in due time." The, the Orthodox Jewish Bible says, "Therefore, be humbled under the mighty hand of Yahuwah." They wrote Hashem, that you might be exalted in due time. So. We see that exalting spoken of is not a negative kind. It's a righteous kind, or you would say a godly kind. See, that, that just further strengthens the fact that the thorn was not Yah's doing, it's not the Heavenly Father's doing. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, it says. He sent the messenger of Satan to buffer me. This is an explanation of what the thorn was. It was not a thing. It was, the, it was a demonic messenger. The word used as messenger here is always translated as angel. Most of the time in the Bible it's translated as angel, but it's messenger. And refers to a created being. So Paul's thorn was really a demonic messenger sent from Satan to buffet him. The word buffet means to strike repeatedly as waves would buffet the shore. Okay. Now, how did this demonic force continually strike Paul? Traditionally, it has been taught that it was with sickness. And the thing that made many accept that is the use of the words weakness and infirmity. In verses 9 and 10 of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, infirmity definitely does not mean sickness. But that is not the only meaning of the word. Excuse me, I'm sorry. In verses 9 and 10, infirmity definitely does mean sickness. But that is not the only meaning of the word. The second definition is any lack or inadequacy. For instance, Romans 8, 26 says, 
The spirit also helps our infirmities. In this case, the context makes it clear that it is not speaking of sicknesses, but of not knowing what to pray for. If we look at the context of Paul's thorn in the flesh, we find that infirmity does not mean sickness in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and 10. In 2 Corinthians 11, verse 30, Paul uses the exact terminology, the same words relating to the same subject of glorifying in infirmities. That is used just a few verses later in speaking about his thorn. In the 11th chapter, he had just finished listing what those infirmities were. And in verses 23 through 29, he lists such things as imprisonment, stripes, shipwrecks, and stonings. None of these speak of sicknesses. Verse 27 mentions weakness and painfulness, which some have tried to make mean sickness, but it is just as possible he could have meant weary or tired and suffered painfulness from such things as being stoned. That would be painful. And left for dead. Now that would be very painful. You can read that about that in Acts 14, 9, not 14, 19. All these things listed in 2 Corinthians 11 refer to persecutions as infirmities. So in context, Paul's thorn was a demonic angel or messenger sent by Satan, which continually stirs up persecution against him. This is also verified by three Old Testament references. Numbers 33, 55, Joshua 23, 13, and Judges 2, 3, where people are spoken of as being thorns in your sides and thorns in your eyes. Make sure you read those. Paul asked Yahuwah, you would say the Lord, to remove persecution from him, not sickness. And Yah told him, it's my grace was sufficient. He told him his grace was sufficient. We are not redeemed for persecution, from persecution. We're not redeemed. We're not delivered from or saved from persecution. We will be persecuted just like our Savior that was persecuted. The What if the servants are not greater than the master? And Paul later stated that what he said in 2 Timothy 3.12, all that will live righteously, Bible says godly, in Mashiach Yahusha, Bible says Christ Jesus, shall suffer persecution. Most gladly, therefore, he glorified in persecutions, reproaches, necessities, and distresses that the power of Yahusha in Christ might might rest upon him. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 
see. The word glory is used in. In some cases, glory can mean like a, a command or, 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 yeah, a command. And let's see here. I'm getting lost here. I'm trying to keep up with my paperwork here. Um, my notes. It is used in Exodus 8-9 where Moses told Pharaoh to glory over him or command him when to destroy the frogs. So when Paul spoke of glory in, in these infirmities or persecution, he was speaking of victory even in the midst of continual harassment. Now, in Acts 14, 19, Paul was stoned and left for dead. But Yah raised him up. And the next day, he walked at least 20 miles into the next town and started preaching again. The father did not stop the persecution. But Yah's strength was certainly made perfect in Paul's weakness. Verse 9. Can you imagine what, what those that saw him stoned must have thought? They could see Paul's humanity in the cuts and bruises, but they could also see the supernatural strength of our Father flowing through him. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Think about that. He was stoned, and then 24 hours later, he... He's walking, preaching to people. I'm sure he looked a sight. I'm sure he looked terrible. There are two other passages of scripture that those who believe Paul's thorn in the flesh was sickness have tried to use to verify that. One is Galatians 4. 13 through 15. Here Paul says that he preached the gospel to the these Galatians through an infirmity of the flesh. And in verse 15, he makes reference to these people being willing to take out their eyes and give them to him. But let's look at who Paul was speaking to when he said this. He was writing to the people who lived in the region known as Galatia. The incident was read about, the incident we read about earlier, where Paul was stoned and left for dead, happened in Lystra, a city of Galatia. The next day, Paul walked to Derbe, or Derbe, another city in Galatia, and began preaching to them. I'm sure he had runny, puffy eyes. I'm sure his eyes were swollen. And, and bloody along with multiple cuts and bruises but they were not the result of some disease it was the result of, the result of rocks stones that he was beaten with stoned with they were the result of having been stoned Now, the next scripture used to say Paul's thorn was bad eyes is also in Galatians chapter 6, verse 11. It says, 
You see how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. Now, people have said Paul's eyes were so bad that he had to write big, huge, large, large letters. And this is what he was making reference to. I mean, that's only a superstition. He was simply referring to the long letter he had written to the Galatians. He wrote a long letter, a big letter. I mean, if he wrote huge letters on each, you know, for each word, do you know how heavy the scripture, the, the, the scrolls would have been trying to bring it back to him? Do you know how, how many that would have had to be? That's so silly. He was referring to, he wrote a long letter, a big letter. Okay, let's get this straight. Our Father's healings are not temporary. And, and, and Paul did not go back on his word. He was steadily doing the work of Yah. So he did not, and he did not lose his healing because he did not go back to his demonic work. Yah healed him and he stayed healed. This is just religion and the traditions and superstitions of men. I have some notes here I wrote um, to end this. Thorn in someone's side and thorn in someone's flesh is a constant bother or annoyance to someone. And I wrote some examples. This problem is a thorn in my side, which I had a solution for. Wish I had a solution for it. Another uh, example is, John was a thorn in my flesh for years before I finally got rid of him. Idioms, thorn in one side, flesh, a source of continual irritation of suffering. That child is a thorn in the teacher's side. The phrase, a thorn in the flesh, means a persistent difficulty. It can also mean a persistent annoyance. So, maybe some of you got it through my struggling to read through these old notes of mine that there was no problem with Paul's eyes. The infirmities he was talking about wasn't sickness. It was being put in prison, being beaten, being stoned, being persecuted. You know, he was saying to Father, if you could just not help me to where I don't get arrested every city I go in and and caned and and and, and chained, I could I could do more. I could, you know, I could preach more. <laughs> That's what he was talking about. And him not being exalted was well, Satan <laughs> didn't want the people to 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 know that what he was speaking was the truth. It wasn't so that he would become, so he won't be prideful. <laughs> now, it was Satan that didn't want the people, to, him to be exalted by people knowing the truth, that he's carrying the truth. He's, re, he's revealing the truth to them. It was not the Father doing that to him, to keep him humble, to humble him. Remember, if it's done to you, that's humiliation. You can only humble yourself. So, it would be... In other words, they're saying that Yah humiliated him. 
and he doesn't do that. We humble ourselves. Remember, if it's, if it's done to you, it's humiliation. And y'all did not do that. Okay, let's throw that those superstitions and traditions and foolishness out. Okay. All right. Okay, beloved. I, I hope this is remembered. You, you be the judge. And this is food for thought. Something more for you to think about. Something you will not hear in the average church. You won't, won't hear this talk in most churches. I don't know of any. Actually, that you would. But I'm sure there's some. It has to be. Hopefully. Yeah, it has to be. You think about it. You pray about it. Don't just throw the baby out with the bathwater, <laughs> so to speak. Pray about it. Okay. All right, beloved. Thank you for being here again with me at A Hope Kingdom Ministry, where I really, really do try to give you food for thought and something more to think about. Okay. Whether I succeed or not, I really try. So until we meet again, beloved, y'all willing, and I live to do so, and you live to do so also, <laughs> shalom. Peace be with you.